Welcome to Coffee in an Interview. I'm Jacqueline Pena, and I'm here today with Vicki Gooden, who is a Gallup certified strengths coach, and we'll be talking about living a strengths-based life. How are you today? I'm good, Jackie. Thank you for inviting me to have this chat with you today. So I'm very excited. I, I am a, a student of strengths-based, but a naughty one. You'll learn more later. <laughs> But um, but I, I also know that many times we operate out of a deficit model. We're very negative in our thinking. I can't do this the right way. I don't have this strength. And I love your approach about uh, strengths-based living. And so I thought we could start by just having you tell us, how did you get into this work? Well, that's really interesting. I just, you know, I'm one of those fortunate people that after a long 30-year career in higher education, I decided to take a, I guess what we call an early retirement so that I could spend more time at home and be a grandma and travel with my husband and go enjoy the life that we've built. Um, but in my 30 years of working in higher ed, I was a strength junkie to say the least. I, every group I ever worked with, managed or supervised, even with my students, I had been using the Gallup Strengths Quest at that point. It's changed names. It's now the Clifton Strengths. I've been utilizing this assessment for over 20 years, starting with my time at FIU, when it was given to me as a book gift saying that I was about to work at a strengths-based organization. So when I got that book as a gift, it just sort of changed my life because of the focus of the assessment. Um, and as I retired, my husband said to me, so what do you want to do now? And I said, well, I'm going to go to London and become a Gallup certified strengths coach. And he said, don't they do that here in the U.S.? And I went, they sure do, but I'm going to go to London and get my certification. So in 2019, I jumped a plane, went to London, spent nine days in London with an amazing cohort of coaches from all over the world. Actually, there were 26 coaches from 13 different countries in my cohort. And at the end of the week, I came home fully charged to begin my coaching business and work with people um, to maximize their strengths. And that is how I got to here today. It's amazing. And, and it, it's amazing to see how international this framework is. It's, it's not just an American concept of strengths-based living. Yes. So, so what is uh, the, what, what is the Clifton strengths? What, what are, where are we, when we say that, is it, I'm great at cooking, I love writing, I'm a people person. I'm, what do we mean when we say Clifton strengths? All that, all that and a bag of chips too. So, <laughs> you know, I'll start off with one of my favorite quotes from Don Clifton, who is the inventor of Clifton strengths. And he has this quote, and it's on the wall at the Gallup organization in London in the Shard, this is where they are located. It says, what will happen when we think about what is right with people rather than fixating on what is wrong with them. And that whole premise is what strengths is all about. Um, for people who are unfamiliar with strengths, it's an online assessment. There are 177 items for people to, and it's very quick. It's a 20 minute assessment. They don't give you a lot of time to choose um, the words and the pairs and the statements that you get to go through, but it asks you 177 items. And what happens is that they rank those into 34 signature talent themes. 
And what most people do is they focus on their top five, and we'll talk about what the top fives are in a minute. But over 23 million people have taken this assessment worldwide. And we talked about the nature of the Gallup organization just on their credibility alone. Everybody's heard of Gallup, um, but I think people should know that it's, they're more than a polling agency, that they actually are involved in a lot of really positive work. Um, it is based on positive psychology. So again, what's not to love when you're focusing on what's right with people. Sometimes people get it confused that it's a personality test. This is not a Myers-Briggs type um, indicator. This is not based on personality, but based on talent. And we'll spend a lot of time talking about talent in the next half hour when we, as we chat. My favorite part about this are the, um, the, the fact that we talk a lot about that you're one in 33 million. The chances that you have the same top five in the same order as someone else is one in 33 million. So wow. when I say you're unique, you are really, really a unique person in terms of what you bring to the table and your talent. Um, the chances of two people having the same top five in any order statistically is one in 278,000. So even if you met someone, um, you and I share strategic we're still in a very small window. So we both share a strategic and a ranger, by the way. So both of us have strategic arranger in our top five. Um, the fact is, is that they may not be in the same order. So even so, the odds of us having those are really large. Um, I shared with you earlier that recently I have met my strengths twin. Um, yes. He is another coach in Canada. It's so exciting. I registered to find, um, to see if in the world I had someone who had my top five, knowing that it was almost astronomical to find people with one or two or three. Um, she is a strengths coach in Canada. We've yet to chat because we just learned about each other, but she registered as well. So it was a matching system that I'm not sure our top five are in the same order, but we share the top same top five of strategic arranger, positivity, communication, and woo. Uh, woo stands for winning others over for those of you that need to know what woo is. Um, but it's very exciting to know. So that's a little bit about the overview of Clifton Strengths, um, but it is a talent assessment. And, and I think uh, knowing your talents and using your talents are two different things. So I'm the bad student because I took the Clifton Strengths Finder with my team a few years ago, and we did look at how to use our strengths better together, how to be a better team by focusing on strengths. But today, I don't remember all of my strengths. I don't remember the order. And obviously, if I don't remember, it means I'm not using that information in other aspects of my life anymore now that I'm not with that team. So I think I, I dropped the ball there. And uh, I'm the naughty student that's going to get better soon. <laughs> so... The one really important thing, and I've been spending my summer, I think with this uh, pandemic that we are under and the change in work and all the remote and the social isolation, it was really important for me to help people like you who may not have utilized their report in a while to go back and to tap into that report, um, pull it out of the dusty drawer, as I like to say, and take a look at it because circumstances have changed. In Gallup world, we like to say that talent beams are neutral, meaning that if you don't use them, they're just words on a paper on a report. 
So when we talk about how you develop your strengths, it's talent times investment equals a strength. So when you take your top five talents and you spend time on those, if you create goals in your life, if you live a strengths-based life and you think about your goals and your strengths every single day, they turn into a strength. You know, think about an athlete, an athlete who may have a talent um, for some sort of sport, the time they put into it is how they become a really good athlete. So using your strengths report is no different than training yourself to become really good at something. So to live a really strengths-based life, you have to put time and talent into it um, to make that a strength. So I always tell people, pull it out of the drawer, let's take a look at it again, and then talk about um, your circumstances and how you're using it. Um, I'll just jump in really quickly and talk about some of the things I've learned over the course of the summer, working with professionals in higher education in particular, about remote work. So for people who are high in relationship themes, like I am, being at home can be very isolating. So how do you then use your report to create more opportunities for yourself every day to use your communication themes um, to make you feel um, more energized because if you tap into your talent themes and use them, you will find your energy level for productivity is higher. We talk about the fact that there were a lot of people who attended some of my webinars that had empathy and harmony as some of their top five talent themes. And the empathy people were having a really hard time because they were trying to manage all their students from afar and they were finding it really draining because they couldn't figure out how to manage that talent thing because they were putting so much into it. So I had to help them find ways where they could create uh, ways to help their groups without giving, a, uh, giving so much that they were burning out. So it was really interesting to see what working remotely and how that changed people's behaviors in terms of working with others and managing others um, happened. So again, pulling out that report and reinvestigating all those things about you that make you unique was really eye-opening for people. So I gave people a new way of looking at strategies on how to keep their energy levels high without burning out at home. Mm -hmm. um, so that's just an example of why it's really important, Dr. Jackie, to pull out your report <laughs> and take a look at it. The bad student gets called out. Exactly. <laughs> um, I, I think it's, it's uh, amazing that you're looking at this right now. You're teaching me so much about um, a couple of things. So this positive way of thinking, because again, I started the conversation by saying that we always think of this deficit model. Mm -hmm. And I just think human nature, we're always thinking about the negative first. I don't have this talent. I don't have this strength. I'm not good enough at this. And this is a completely new lens, a new way of seeing yourself and the world around you, because we also have a deficit model when we look at other people, I think too. We might think, well, this person can do the job or, you know, Know, things like that sort. So really focusing on strengths and what a what a positive environment we could create with. I love that it's based on positive psychology. I love the term talent and strengths. Those terms really are part of that positive psychology framework as well. So uh, so that already is very empowering because I think we're very easy to get in that deficit model and especially in silos because we're working alone. Um, we are, you know, we kind of revert to those bad habits, uh, ways of thinking. And, and, and then that goes to the COVID-19 situation. We're in a pandemic and 
many of us are not used to working this way. And so understanding your strengths, your top five, and understanding how to pivot what you do or how you do for that. So I, I've, I've been doing so much FaceTiming and Zoom because I love to work with people and collaborate, but I'm all alone in an apartment. So yes. A phone call is not enough. And, so. no. and that's what people are finding is, you know, and I would share, you know, it used to be really easy to run down, to get things done when you're face to face was really easy. And now you can't just go down the hallway and check in on someone on a project because now it requires a Zoom or a phone call. And those are exhausting, but the work still needs to get done. So how do you then create a team and use your power, what I call power partnership. That is actually something I spend a lot of time on is how do you use your strengths with someone else on your team who also has their own talent themes to get things done, but recognizing their energy is different than your energy. There are some people who are fine working remotely and there are some people who are not fine working remotely. So Mm -hmm. understanding the team is also important. Let me back up just a second and I'm going to give you an analogy that I use with my clients and my teams when I work with them. So you know that the strengths, um, the Clifton Strengths assessment is based on 34 signature themes. And for the most part, people get the top five report. You can unlock the whole 34. I have a copy of my own all 34. So it ranks me one to 34. So I know what my supporting wow. themes are and what my, what we call the themes that I barely tap into. So when I meet with people, I think like I tell them to think about it as a pantry, a market pantry. So when you go to the market every week, you get your, your top five items. You get your bread, your milk, your flour, your butter. You use those all the time. So those are really easy for you to grab onto and you put them in your cart without even thinking. And then you have those supporting themes. You may go into the beans and the tomatoes and the canned items and the sort of the supporting themes of pantry items that you may not use all the time, but you need them to help supplement your top five. And then you've got these themes that are your least dominating themes of your 34 report. And at the very bottom, it could be your crazy spices that you never use, but you now have a jar of curry powder that you might use once every six months for that recipe. But it's there, but you just don't tap into it. So again, you're not putting a lot of time or investment into it. So it's not becoming a strength. It's not meant to be. It's there. It doesn't mean it's not there. It's just not one of those that you tap into. So if you look at your 34 as a complete picture of who you are, you have your top five, your supporting themes, and your least dominating themes. So think about it in terms of your market pantry, and that really helps people. Uh, I will be honest with you. I When I unlocked my 34, my last and my number 34 is empathy, which I thought oh my gosh, I'm a trained counselor by training. <laughs> and empathy is my number 34. And I was so fixated on that one particular theme because it just spoke to me. I'm like, how can 34 be empathy? So my strengths coach um, at Gallup helped me break down my report a little bit. So in my top 10, I have what's called belief and individualization and connectedness. And those three together can feel like empathy. So the good news is that in my supporting themes in my top 10, I have themes that look like empathy, aren't exactly empathy, but then I was like, I'm not a terrible human after all. Like it's really important to me to connect to people 
on an individual basis and to make sure that, you know, they understand that I get them, um, which I thought was really important. So connectedness is my number six. So I feel very good, even though empathy is really low, that connectedness is very high. Um, because I do get that a lot about like, well, what about weaknesses? How do you know what a weakness is? Um, and we don't really talk about weakness and strengths. We talk about focus on the on the positive, but you also have to take a look at the overuse of a talent theme. And that's really where a weakness would, we call those balconies at the top and basement. So for example, woo, I have woo, winning others over. And that is actually a theme that can be overpowering for people sometimes. If I come into a room, my woo kind of kicks in and I have this ability to want to network and get into a room and I get very excited. But I also know that on the flip side, too much woo can come off as a negative. So I have to be really aware of my own talent themes and how they interact with other people. So that's a little bit another overview of how you can use the 34 report um, to your advantage if you have a complete picture um, outside of your top five. That's a, a couple of excellent points is that I noticed you for a moment, you went into that deficit thinking that we all have to kind of push back every time and started saying, well, number 34 is this, this is a weakness, this is a negative thing. And then as you were talking about it, it's like, hey, it's a big package. You actually have all 34. You have all 34 strengths. It's just that some are stronger than others in your list. You went for you went for bread and, and butter first in the supermarket. I normally go for cilantro, tomatoes, <laughs> cucumbers first, right? So we obviously go into the supermarket on different ends of the uh, of the of the place on different aisles, but uh, doesn't mean that we have that those are weak ideas. It's just our personality. Uh, so I, I love that you then flipped it back to we have these 34 strengths. Yeah. These are not weaknesses. It's just that we use our strengths in different ways and some are stronger than others or we have pre more preferences. Um, but I also love this idea of being self-aware. Um, yeah. So, you know, these are strengths, but you have to balance it out. Yeah. Balance it out for yourself. Balance it out when you go into a room and you're working with others. That's important for teamwork. If you're looking at it professionally, uh, relationships, if you are looking at family relationships or intimate relationships. So um, definitely thinking about the balance of your strengths or talents. So I don't know. Um, I know you wanted to talk a little bit more about other areas and ways of using strengths. Is there yeah. something else you want to throw in there about strengths that we can learn from you? Well, I think it's really important. You, you sort of segued into teams a little earlier, but I really want to focus some energy because I spend a lot of time. There are, you know, Gallup strengths coaches that have different expertise areas, a lot of them like individual. There are spiritually based strengths coaches. There's coaches for everybody as in any type of um, team development coach. But my focus is teams. I really enjoy because that was my work for my entire career in 30 years was to work with teams. So it's not a surprise that my energy when working with teams and helping them understand how to work better is really what makes me get excited about going to work every day here in the office. Um, the, the second part of the Gallup organization book was Now Discover Your Strengths was the first book. And now there's strengths-based leadership. It really does take strengths to the next level when you start working with teams. What they've done is they've taken all 34 signature themes and they have broken them into four leadership domains. 
executing, influencing, relationship building, and strategic thinking things. What it does, it gives an opportunity not only to see what domains do you lead with, because oftentimes if you have a lot of relationship building, you may be leading with relationship building, but you may be in a managerial position and you need to have some influencing and executing, but those aren't your top themes. So how do you then use that information when you're working with a group of others? So I oftentimes work with teams to help them understand how they work um, and how their energy as a team works. Because as you can imagine, uh, especially in higher education, there's a lot of relationship builders. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really interesting because if you're low on executing and low on strategic, it's like, how are you all getting the work done? So when I meet with teams, I just ask them those kinds of questions. Like, if you know this is a good thing because we want to create community. We want campuses to be built on respect and communication and trust and all of those very feel good words, but we still have work to do. So how do you set goals? How do you manage your team? How do you um, increase retention and all of those things that we talk about that are really important high end goals if you don't have executing and strategic. So what I help teams do is to take a look at who on your team has those, and maybe they're not being utilized in the ways that they need to be utilized. Um, oftentimes people sit in their office and think to themselves, and I know this for true, is if I could run this institution, I would do X, Y, and Z. And they have all these amazing ideas, but oftentimes people in management or supervisory positions don't ask them how to get things done. They think, oh, this person's really good at this, but they've never really asked somebody with an actual talent theme in a strategic or execution, um, executing domain, how would you get this done? Because there are people doing that work. So taking a look and dissecting and helping a team create an organization that they want, it's not about the organization I want, it's about the organization that they want by using their strengths can be really powerful work when working with a group and teams. Mm -hmm. I, I, I can only imagine if you're not just thinking about yourself and knowing your strengths and then balancing that out and working with others, what happens when you all know each other's strengths in a team uh, setting and, uh, and can use that to really um, succeed, to, to meet those goals and, and, and so on in the organization, whether it's higher ed or small business or a large business or corporation or nonprofit, it doesn't matter. It we doesn't. all use our teams. Yeah, I, I mean, my focus is higher education, but I know that there are a lot of coaches doing work with uh, corporate clientele. This is meant, I think, you know, major corporations, um, Coca-Cola, Spirit, I think a lot of these organizations, you know, hire out coaches to help them create a strengths-based team environment because the power behind it is really Again, it's not about personality. It's about what talent can you, we use from you to partner with somebody. So if we can take, you know, and I met with a team, I don't know, it was last fall sometime. And there are a lot of, um, there was, there are a few people who did not have high relationship that were in high relationship jobs. So they had to look at their table and say, when we plan this event, I would really like your help 
to help me maximize and make this event the best because that's not my strength. My strength is organizing it, but not actually getting out there and promoting it. So they needed the woos. They needed the people with influence to be on their team to help event plan to make that event the best it could be. So organizations, whether it's higher ed or corporate or small teams, even small, you know, I had a friend, my college roommate with a team of five people in Virginia. She just did a strengths training. So it's fun because then they write me and go, I just went through this. And I get excited for them because I know that that group now has information that will make them a better group um, as colleagues and as employees of that organization. So I'm going to spin out of organizations and think, here's my question. Uh, In the dating world, do we have strengths-based dating? Because (laughs) I'm out there dating, obviously, and uh, I'm wondering, should I be having my partners uh, take the the Clifton Strengths Finder and see how to work together? Yes, yes, yes. Um, And here, you know, again, it's not, you know, you can use it as I suppose as a a gateway to like, no, we won't get along. But if you look at it in terms of the power of partnership, I will tell you, my husband, of course, um, has to take almost every non-cognitive test that I've ever had the ability to, you know, he's taken the Myers-Briggs and all the other ones that I make him take. Um, But he had already taken the Clifton Strengths. He went through and called Gallup and got his top five. And when he sent it to me, I realized after eight years of being with him in marriage, we've been together 10, that all of a sudden things made sense. Um, His top five are strategic, analytical, futuristic, learner, and ideation. He, on the chart of domains, is all strategic. Everything he does is strategic. Um, Mine, on the other hand, are diverse, eclectic. I'm executing, influencing, relationship, and strategic. So now I understand him a little more when he, he and I are having conversations or we're planning an event for ourselves, a trip across the ocean, wherever we're headed. You know, even when we plan a trip, it I'm all excited about all of the big picture idea. The, you know, I want to go here. He starts pulling out all of the train schedules and plane schedules. So his nature is to break it down into the analytics and how are we going to get from point A to point B. For me, I'm already there. Usually when I say we're going on a trip, I'm already there because my woo can't wait. So I <laughs> but he also has a, he also has a learner, which is really important to him. So he's always listening to a podcast and I can't even understand how he has earbuds in his ears most of the time because he loves to take in information. That is his energy driver. And because he has ideation and futuristic, he usually takes everything that he hears and implements it into some idea of some new project or something he wants to get done. So I've learned that using Clifton Strengths allows him to be his true authentic self in our relationship and me a little more understanding of why he doesn't do things the way that I do them. So yes, if you want a better insight to your dating partners, absolutely. <laughs> I know that in, um, in our relationship, it's really helped um, in this past year for me to dive down. One thing I haven't done is unlock his 34, which I think will be probably a birthday gift coming up. So I think that I will unlock it. This is, I think it'd be really interesting to see, I guess, where some of his are, but I think I know what some of his supporting themes are, but we definitely have two different ways of getting to the same end goal. And as partners in life, I think that's really important. So 
Yes, I know families that do this as a family activity. So having your family come together um, and understand the dynamics of how families work. I know there are a lot of coaches that work with families uh, and that's exciting work as well. And, you know, a, a question just popped up. Should we take this test more than once in our lifetime? Do our strengths shift or should this just be do it once and move on? Or or should it be like every 10 years? Um, what, what's your advice on that? Uh, Gallup says no. Gallup says take it one and done. Okay. Now, <laughs> I meet people all the time, especially in higher ed, because we kind of reinvent training often that might get a new code and say, I'm going to take it. And then sometimes they jump a little. The reality is that if you do take it, you may shift. Um, you might have three out of your five and two new ones may pop in. But here's mm -hmm. what you don't know. You don't know where those other two went. They could probably be if you didn't unlock the entire report. They probably just shifted down into six through 10. So in terms of their loss of strength, it's not really that they shifted out very far. We don't know that information. So I always tell clients, unless you unlock the whole report, we can't see it. So don't take it twice because if you took it once, it probably talks to who you really are. Um, and it doesn't really shift that much. So Gallup suggests just once. Um, but I have been able, I do work with a few clients who have taken it twice. And then I asked, I asked them to pick, like, if you were to look at both the reports now, which one do you most closely identify with today? And we just go with that one. Okay. Um, because I don't want to just go on the new one if they think, well, I really, really like my old one. And I'm like, well, then we're going to use your really, use your first one because that's the one you identify the most with. Okay. that makes sense. And <laughs> and how how do um how do we take the test? How do our listeners know where do they go to be able to find out their strengths, their top five using Clifton Strengths? There's a couple of ways you can do it. You can register to take the test at gallup.com. You can do the online assessment without um, without the book. There are two books that I would recommend. One is really basic, and again, you can get them on Gallup's website through their team store, or you can go onto Amazon, either one, but in the back of the book are codes. So if you're a reader and you like to read a little bit, you can either do the StrengthsFinder 2.0, which is the basic book, but again, it's a real great intro, or the Strengths-Based Leadership book if you work with teams because it talks about the domains of leadership in that book as well as the basic information that you would have gotten out of book number one. So if you work with groups and teams or you're interested in the second level of strengths work, I would do strengths-based leadership. It's the book I tell people to get just in case you want to understand your, your, your strengths in a different way. Um, either one of those, you can get the code in the back of the book. Do not buy a used copy. I always warn people, the used copies may be really cheap, but they don't have codes. Those codes are one and done. Um, so don't buy a used copy um, or go onto the Gallup website, buy the book, buy the code without the book. So there's lots of ways you can do it to take the test. Awesome. And for our listeners, under the description, there's a list of resources. Uh, these are uh, the books and the Gallup website for the test, as well as Vicky's information, her website and her social media handles. All of that is listed in the resources section of the description of this episode so that you can just click and go straight there and find the information that you need. 
So I, I do want to ask, is there anything I haven't asked you that you would like to share with us uh, before we uh, end our, our interview? Is there anything else that you would like to add or any advice or any tips or any final thoughts for our listeners? I think my biggest tip would be, one, if you've taken the test, pull it out of your dusty closet and look at it again. It's really important. I think especially because we are in a very unique time. I, I, I mean, I look at mine all the time. So my life is a strengths-based life. I live a strengths-based life and not because I talk about it every day, which I do, but because <laughs> I think it's really important, um, especially when there is so much negativity in the world, that this is one positive thing that you can do for yourself that you control. Uh, when I tell people to set strengths-based goals, I say, don't just get up in the morning and think about the things you have to get done, but think about something that would feed one of your strengths. So if you know that you're high relationship and it's important for you to maintain those relationships because you have positivity and you're not feeling energized, then figure out what you can do to make that a goal, a strengths-based goal. And think about the week. Don't think too far out. They don't have to be smart goals. They just have to be some sort of goal. Like, what will you do? I know I create Zoom calls with my friends, with my sorority sisters, with people from high school, because this has been a great time to reconnect um, on a different level that we've never experienced. So if you're missing those things, look at your strengths and figure out specific goals that you can create in your life to make your life um, a little more meaningful for you. And then take a look at where you may be overusing a talent theme to pull back so that you don't give so much that you burn out. And I think those are the most important things I would hope people would use this for right now. Um, and if you are a manager working with a team, I think it's really important to understand how your team is functioning right now in a strengths-based environment. Um, because as a manager, you could use this to your advantage to create some pretty powerful partnerships and help your employees. Um, because I will tell you that, you know, the statistics on how many people are looking for a job at any given moment while they're in their own place of employment is really high. And we as in manager, managerial positions can avoid people leaving organizations if we were to create an environment where people felt um, empowered to be their best selves. Yeah, these are some great tips. Thank you so much. And uh, some of these I'll put out there in social media, as well as quick little tips that people can see and connect to this episode, because um, I think you're right. We're, we're, um, we never think about feeding our strengths, right? Our to-do list is always 20 things we have to do today. And that's where burnout and depression and other negative things occur. And so how do we focus on feeding our strengths? And then in this COVID-19 world, how do we use this information to improve our, our lives so that we stay sane and healthy, but also if we work with teams, how do we help our teams as well? Um, thank you so much for this wonderful information about living a strengths-based life. Uh, it was a pleasure having you here today to talk about all of this and really empower us with this information, the tools and the tips on how we can use it. I promise I will be a better student. I will dust off my report after this interview and really take a look at my top five. But I think it's time for me to unlock my report and understand how all 34 fit into my life. So you definitely 
have already inspired me to be a, a better student and a strengths-based person um, and, in my life, uh, personally and professionally. So thank you for that. And thank you for being with us here for coffee and an interview. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you for having me today. It was my pleasure.